Aaron. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. It was formed in 1945, just before I was born. It came at the aftermath, immediate aftermath of World War II, and it was a union of the states of the world called the United Nations. The United Nations, formed now in New York, meeting faithfully, regularly, with agendas to conform the world to its new order. And the latest is this. UN is set to launch Global Shocks Plan just prior to the U.S. presidential election. The powerful United Nations is now seeking to increase its influence worldwide by seizing global, what they call, emergency powers. And President Joe Biden, believe it or not, supports their proposal. Interestingly, the U.N. proposal would begin September of 2024, a mere two months before the highly anticipated general election in the United States. You think there might just be a connection, friends? The global organization will host a summit of the future. Think of those words, summit of the future, where associated nations will adopt a so-called pact for the future. The pact or agreement would set in place multiple policy reforms as part of what they call our common agenda platform. Now, it may not be your common agenda, for you and I have no knowledge of it in particular. It's not my common agenda. So whose common agenda is it? Well, it's the common agenda of the so-called elite of the world who believe they know better than anyone else what needs to happen in our world, and it is not about the vision that you would have for our world, most likely. The U.N. General General Secretary, Antonio Guterres, outlined the emergency platform proposal. He said, I propose that the General Assembly provide the Secretary General and the United Nations system with a standing authority, standing authority. In other words, it would continue. It would not fade. It would continue to be a standing authority to convene and operationalize automatically an emergency platform. Keep those words in mind. Emergency platform in the event of a future global complex shock, a sufficient scale, severity, and reach, whatever that is. He said the challenges we face can only be addressed through stronger international cooperation. Those are, shall we say, fuzz words for a new global government. Stronger international cooperation means a new global government. The emergency platform would provide the international body with power, power over all nations in times of distress. Notice the word Power over all nations. Does that sound like preserving national sovereignty of the nations of the world? No. It's about diminishing and reducing, if not eliminating, national sovereignty. 
So is the real reason behind the U.N. scheme the likely re-election of President Donald Trump? I couldn't tell you that for sure. However, he said, I'm going to make America great again. But they say, no way, no how. We have a better idea, and you're not going to interfere with it this time. Such power, according to the United Nations, is needed to ensure, they say, that all participating actors make commitments that can contribute meaningfully to the response and that they are held to account for delivery on those commitments. According to the U.N.'s policy proposal, the Secretary General could extend the emergency platform, if need be, despite its duration being set for a finite period. Such a decision would be made without the consent of any member nations. Notice, such a decision by the Secretary General would be made without any consent of any member nations and could be, for whatever period of time he so choose, making him a global dictator. Would you like to hear the rest of the program for today, friends? That's the proposed emergency platform. According to the UN, a large-scale event, future pandemics, and disruptions to global digital connectivity, a major event in outer space, or other unforeseen risks, and are all causes for an emergency platform. Although many oppose the proposal, there are some who support it, such as the Biden administration. Instead of defending American sovereignty, the White House expressed its support for the emergency platform that would eliminate American sovereignty. In fact, the U.S. Ambassador Chris Liu noted that the Biden administration supports the U.N.'s emergency platform, as well as multiple other proposals, including our common agenda, that is, the common agenda defined by the United Nations. And so I welcome you to Viewpoint, friends. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms, and I trust that today's program will indeed have that effect upon you, your mind, and your life. Choices have to be made. Every one of us are making choices every single day. The choices that we make are determining destiny. And the choices that we make are flowing, ever emanating from our viewpoints. So our viewpoint always determines destiny. It always does and always will. Even small viewpoints determine small choices that end up making major decisions. And so we're seeing how this is taking place right before our eyes. This is not progress, friends. This is a diabolical system that is moving forward to completely transform our world. As George W. Bush, that is, George Herbert W. Bush, declared in September 11th, 1990, it's a moment to be seized. Well, that was a while back, wasn't it? 1990? Yeah, 33 years ago. But he said it was a moment to be seized. You see, 
With God, a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. A thousand years is a day. So the 30 years from when George Herbert Walker Bush, a Republican president, stood before the United States Joint Session of Congress and declared it was a moment to be seized, a new world order, he said, can emerge. Those are exactly his words. A new world order can emerge. He declared a viewpoint that had never been declared by an American president. Those words had never been used publicly by an American president, and he said it was the moment to be seized. Well, 30 years? That's like a moment. A snapping of the finger, of God's finger, that is. And he said, that is George Herbert Walker Bush said, the new world is struggling to be born. He said it's an opportunity that we must seize the building of a new world order. Wow. It was historic, friends. And now we're seeing its fulfillment come before our eyes, even as we speak, this very day. With these announcements, we'll be right back. This is Viewpoint. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. President George Herbert Walker Bush, the senior president, declared this new world order during his administration. It was historic. It was as if the world had become pregnant, and the president of its reigning superpower was deputized to announce the conception, long thought to be but the rantings of conspiracy theorists. Not a conspiracy theory anymore, friends. It's being announced over and over and over again, right before our eyes, It seems that the birth of that new world order, that new global government, long anticipated by the prophets and the apostles and Christ himself, coming about in the fullness of time, heaven's prophetic time, and Satan's false gospel hour to seduce the world. And it's happening right in front of our eyes. It would be man's glorious gospel of self-salvation, of utopian peace and global safety without the God of creation and his biblical revelation. A substitute God would be prepared, designed democratically, without dogma or doctrine offensive to a multiculturally religious pluralistic world intent on global unity. The scriptures had warned when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. But, unfortunately, such warnings, however dire, are deemed unworthy in the face of such lofty ambitions as a global order of unprecedented peace and prosperity where the leaders of the nations of the world confederate together to save the world from whatever they deem the world needs to be saved from. And it's all based upon their viewpoint their opinion, their values, the summit of the future. 
defining what is going to come in the future. The crises before the international community call for meaningful consideration of strengthening the international order, says this report. The Secretary General has called for such a process through his Our Common Agenda report at the upcoming Summit of the Future next year. The U.N. Charter in Article 109 foresaw the need for such a process. One constructive outcome of the Summit of the Future would be an agreement to hold an Article 109 convocation for the purposes of reviewing the present charter prior to 2030. There it is again, friends. 2030. The U.N. Agenda for 2030. Do you know what other agenda is set to take place in 2030? The Great Reset. That's the economic overturning of existing capitalism in our world and replacing it with a new economic world, a new world government, a digital world government, in which the world, a universal government, will tell you whether or not you have any money to spend and how you can spend it or not. The crisis humanity is facing today requires a new kind of international arrangement, says the article, one that allows for the abundance we have created to be better distributed across the world. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres states that he will ask a high-level advisory board led by former heads of state and government to identify global public goods and other areas of common interest and to propose options for how this could be achieved. His proposed summit of the future to forge a new global consensus on what our future should look like and what we can do today to secure it has been announced for 2024. The very year when currently Donald J. Trump is the by far the leader, no matter what legal action they try to bring against him, no matter what spurious lawsuits are brought against him, with every one, he gains more political traction. Because he said he was going to make America great again. He was going to support the United States Constitution. He was going to support the integrity of the United States and its sovereignty against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And the globalists said, you've got to be kidding me. We are right on the near edge of the new global order that the whole world and its history has been looking to accomplish. And you say... You have the temerity, the chutzpah to say you're going to make America great again and keep us from accomplishing our purposes? No way, no how, they say. And that explains all of the political chicanery that has taken place, including the January 6th false accusations, trumped-up accusations, and all of the other lawsuits and so on. They are all for one purpose, and that is to keep one person and those who support his agenda from interfering with the creation of a one-world government.
It's as simple as that. It is as simple as that. If you get caught up in all of the so-called nuances and this, that, or the other, you miss the point. This is the point. It's the only point. They are determined. This is going to happen by 2030, and ain't nobody know how going to interfere. Whatever it takes to keep an individual, a group, a party, anybody, an idea, a viewpoint from taking hold and upsetting this apple cart, well, they're not going to let it happen. These are dangerous, dangerous times, my friends. More dangerous than you can possibly imagine. If we think it's just about America's politics, if we think it's just about local politics, if we think it's just about LGBTQ, if we think it's just about uh, the state of the economy and so on, we're kidding ourselves. Those are just symptoms of a much, 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 much bigger agenda. Whether you want to call it Agenda 2030, whether you want to call it a new world order, a new global government, whether you want to call it the Antichrist reign over the of the world as a counterfeit Christ, call it what you will, but that's what we're talking about. And it's happening right in front of your eyes, whether you want to believe it or not. It's there. This is not a conspiracy theory. If it were, it would not be announced with such boldness, coming out regularly from the United Nations, coming out from NATO, coming out from our own uh, putative president in the White House. It's coming everywhere. It's like a tsunami of globalism. Now, before we go further, I want to make available to you a copy of my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. One of the chapters of the book is called Globalism, the Anti-Gospel. Man devises his own ways, seeking to create a utopian world order, promising peace, inevitably through a counterfeit prince of peace. As... John Paul Wardberg declared on February 17th, 1950, four years after yours truly was born, he said, we shall have world government, whether or not we like it. He spoke that before the United States Senate. He said, the only question is whether the world government will be achieved by conquest or by consent. So here we are. All these years, from the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11 to the trumpeting of the new world order in our generation, mankind and its various kingdoms and rulers have sought to govern the then-known world in power and glory. But inevitably, man's lust for power and glory seeks to eclipse, eclipse and escape or even defy the power and the glory of the Creator Himself. So, the book. Antichrist, how to identify the coming imposter. And only one of the chapters has to do with globalism, the anti-gospel. When you read the rest of the chapters, you're going to see how it all comes into one massive picture. 
setting the stage for precisely what the ancient prophets and the apostles and Christ himself were told. $22 will put the book in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org, or call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. In 2001, the Prime Minister of Britain then was so enthusiastic, two weeks after the infamous Islamic attack on the World Trade Center towers in the United States Pentagon, Tony Blair delivered what some said was the most powerful speech of his career, causing one member of his parliament to say he spoke as if he were president of the world. And here's what Tony Blair said. This is the moment to seize. The kaleidoscope has been shaken. Let us reorder this world around us. Today, humankind has the technology to destroy itself or to provide prosperity to all. Only the moral power of a world acting as a community can deal with this problem. Hmm. Tony Blair. And that same Tony Blair then went running to the Vatican, converted. You see, he once was part of the Church of England. He ran to the Vatican, became a Roman Catholic, received the blessing of the Pope, and then ran to New York City, where he formed his religious global organization, which he said was necessary because the new politics was religion. And so he formed this new global religious order to merge the religions of the world for the preparation for a new world government. You see how all of this has been working? It didn't happen overnight, but it has been happening. And if you had your mind and your heart and your eyes open, you would see that it has reached a near fever pitch. The flames of global fever are being fanned by fear of global conflagration, by a utopian vision for a global peace and prosperity that up to this time has escaped man's grasp. But a global virus pandemic drove the people to forsake freedom and catapulted our world down this track unbelievably. So, one article has called this a tale of two major agendas. Richard Ponzio writes for PassBlue.com, he says the General Assembly meeting on the Sustainable Development Goals, commonly called SDG, will be the centerpiece of a summit in September of 2023 for the United Nations. Now, this is a preparatory summit, friends. It's just a few months from now. Formal preparations for the summit of the future will be held there so that it would all be underwear, underway, by the way, for September of 2024. 
formal preparations for the September 2024 Summit of the Future is to be held at the United Nations and are underway as we speak. The President of the General Assembly noted, quote, Above all, our common agenda focuses on SDG, that's Sustainable Development Goals, acceleration and transformation with 80% of its recommendations directly supporting the implementation of the 2030 agenda. The European Union, with a broad cross-section of countries, indicated the urgent need to shift gear and turn our discussions from process to substance. In other words, let's not just talk about it, let's now implement it. That's what they're saying. The time is now. Generating high-level political support, financial and technical assistance, and conceptual clarity for improving global governments. Those are the words, global governments. I did not make those up. They came from the U.N. That's what it's about, global government. And this has been supported by three popes in a row calling for a new world order. We'll be back much more ahead. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. Saveus.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at Saveus.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, Saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archive. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint as we talk about the launching of the new global order uh, by the United Nations. Uh, they are setting this for 2024, and uh, in September of 2023, they're having a summit that is designed to lay the foundation for the great summit of the future in September of 2024. The President of the General Assembly said, above all, our common agenda focuses on sustainable development goals that's all about climate change, by the way. Sustainable development. Acceleration and transformation with 80% of the recommendations directly supporting the implementation of the 2030 agenda. All of this now is culminating. It's moving together to culminate in the 2030 agenda, just as the World Economic Forum at the economic end has set forth their Great Reset implementation for 2030. Generating high-level political support, financial and technical assistance, and conceptual clarity for improved global governance. So, where is this coming from? Well, it's coming from all over the world now. 
As the head of the U.N. said, our common agenda will build directly upon the SDG summit, ensuring that that it remains the centerpiece of our work this year. Now, here are nations, leading nations that are part of all of this, these pieces coming together. Indonesia, having presided over the G20 nations last year, and India doing so this year, Brazil next year, and South Africa in 2025. He says, we can expect this influential group of developing countries to back progress toward mobilizing technology, finance, trade, and debt relief for meeting both poor and rich countries, the 2030 Agenda targets. Next year's summit is widely anticipated to embrace calls for strengthened coordination on global economic governance, that's the World Economic Forum aspect, to respond to cross-border economic shocks, reduce inequality, and promote development that is environmentally sustainable, in other words, climate change, bringing together the Secretary General, the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund's leaders, the G20, and ideally the 174 UN member states. You get the picture. They are working feverishly to bring all of these pieces together. Now, there's another piece that is part of this puzzle that it might be a little difficult for many to see the connection, but we're going to make that connection here in the next few minutes. And that is with NATO. We've been talking about the United Nations, UN, the United Nations. But how about the group of nations called NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization? That is composed of the nations of the Western world, the former Roman Empire. The former Roman Empire resurrected in the form of NATO. And as the Russian invasion of Ukraine continues with no end in sight, NATO's much-celebrated unity now faces fresh strains when leaders are gathering for their annual summit this week in Vilnius, Lithuania. The world's biggest security alliance is struggling to reach an agreement on admitting Sweden as its 32nd member. So we have Sweden and we have Ukraine. They are on the line with regard to NATO. Will they be in or will they be out? This is part of the bigger picture, friends, that is coming together with regard both to the new world government or order and those nations that will be excluded from that Western one world order. Like China. China is developing its own world order. Russia is becoming the odd man out. Because of the issue with regarding Ukraine. And we're going to have to do an entire program to bring us up to to speed with regard to the history of the Ukrainian-Russian situation. 
It is not coming out in the news. It's not being known. And we're going to have to do that sometime in the next week or so. I'm prepared to do it. We just don't have the time uh, always to be able to get to those issues. But it's of, of very significant importance. The, U- the Ukraine conflict has reinvigorated NATO, which was created at the beginning of the Cold War as a bulwark against Moscow. Senate Majority Leader, Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said, I think the invasion has strengthened NATO, exactly the opposite of what Putin anticipated. I believe he's right. And we've talked about that. In fact, within the first week, if you were to go back to the week of Russia's attack on Ukraine, within five or seven days, we did a program here telling you exactly what this was about. You haven't heard any of that coming out on any of the news. But we talked about exactly what this was all about. So I'm going to reiterate a little bit of it here in the next five minutes. The White House on Friday said that President Joe Biden and fellow NATO leaders will discuss at this week's summit what steps Ukraine must complete to join NATO, and that Kyiv has additional reforms to make as it fights Russian invaders. The NATO summit will dive into the question, that is the NATO summit, this week in uh, Lithuania, will dive into the question of NATO's relationship with Ukraine, the question of its pathway towards future membership, and the question of an ongoing partnership that has existed for several years already. Saturday, President Zelensky secured Turkey's crucial backing for Ukraine's NATO aspirations after winning a U.S. pledge for cluster munitions that could inflict massive damage on Russian forces in the battlefield. Without a doubt, the Turkish President Erdogan said, Ukraine deserves to be in NATO. This was a complete reversal of Mr. Erdogan's previous statements. This was incredible. It's shaken up Russia. Washington's decision to deliver the controversial weapons, the cluster weapons, banned across a large part of the world, but not in Russia or Ukraine, dramatically ups the stakes in the war, which entered its 500th day on Saturday. Russia is becoming increasingly the odd man out. The decisions that are made with regard to NATO will solidify the straight-arming of Russia, which, by the way, is technically European. The straight-arming of Russia and forcing Russia, then, into the arms of China and to develop its own set of vision for the future 
that will have ultimately the effect of transforming the Middle East and bring about the fulfillment of biblical prophecy of Ezekiel 38 and 39, the exact pieces of which have yet to be put in place and fulfilled. All of these things are moving at the same time. In other words, it's like all of the great tributaries of history are coming together in one massive surging maelstrom heading inexorably toward the second coming of Jesus Christ, the preceding world government, the rise of the counterfeit Christ, the Antichrist, and all that biblical prophecy has had to tell us for one reason, and that is that you and I should be preparing the way of the Lord for the coming of the Lord. We should be making straight paths for our feet. Just as John the Baptist called before the first coming of Christ to repent, to make straight paths for your feet because the king is coming, so that same spirit is rising again to call the people who call themselves the people of the Lord to get right and to get ready. To humble ourselves before God, to seek his face, to turn from our wicked ways, that we may touch our lives and perhaps heal our land at this ultimate moment of human history. It's all happening right in front of our eyes, friends. Again, I really would urge you to seriously consider getting a copy of my book, Antichrist, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. Excuse me. How to Identify the Coming Imposter. Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. Just the cover alone will grab your attention. One entire chapter is called Globalism, the Anti-Gospel. $22, we'll put it in your hands. It will read it slowly, absorb it. Ask the Lord about its implications for you and your family and your congregation pastors. It's on our website, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. We'll be back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. 
again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. As always, our viewpoint does determine destiny. And uh, I wanted to share with you the viewpoint of one of our listeners. I just received this email today uh, from Pennsylvania. Hello, Chuck. I enjoyed your broadcast about the riots in France. One thought that plays a large part in the problems, not only in France, but throughout Europe, is the huge influx of Muslim immigrants over the past several years from open border policies. By the way, friends, that is part of the movement toward a new global order, multiculturalism, religious pluralism, and political correctness. Those are the three unholy, that's the unholy trinity of the foundation of the new world order. The writer goes on to say, these riots seem similar to what happened here in the U.S. a few summers ago. I wonder who's really funding all of this chaos. I also anticipate that things will continue to deteriorate here in the U.S. because of the open border policy. The person is right. It's not about caring for people, friends. It's about a much bigger picture of facilitating lawlessness that allows nation states to be taken over to facilitate a global government. Now, let me go on and read from this message from one of our listeners. You are dead on when you talk about the failure of our pastors to preach the gospel message in our churches. I live near two very large mega churches, and neither one preaches the gospel. All they seem to be interested in is money and the numbers of people walking in their doors. One of the churches has gone totally woke, supporting false pastors like Andy Stanley and Rick Warren. The other church is genuinely interested in bringing people to Christ, but fails to preach Christ from the pulpit. The websites of each church appear doctrinally sound until you walk in their doors and hear a completely different message. Each tells their congregation what they want to hear instead of the truth of Jesus Christ. I place the blame on what is happening in this country squarely on the church's failure to preach Jesus. I'm in a blue state, but very honestly, our last election with regard to our senator was totally rigged. Everyone knew he was incapable of serving the state, referring to John Fetterman. There are many more residents in Pennsylvania than the results show who support Christian values. I admit that I'm only here because my daughter lives nearby and is close to my grandchildren. Thank you for your faithfulness in preaching the truth for all these years. Well, thank you, sister. Very helpful, very encouraging, very meaningful uh, email and uh, speaks to the issues of our time as perceived by uh, the listener. But now I want to shift a little bit back to the U.N., And one specific application. So you might want to anchor your seatbelt. UN, the UN issues famine warning, which warned up to 80 million people will be plunged into hunger if climate targets are not met. The situation, we are told, is dire. According to the article, the world is advancing toward a catastrophic future where tons of millions of people will be at risk of famine unless climate change, that's what they call sustainable development, 
is adequately addressed. Speaking to officials at the UN Human Rights Council event in Geneva, Switzerland, Volker Turk said extreme weather events were having a significant negative impact on crops, herds, and ecosystems, prompting further concerns about global food availability. He said, our environment is burning. It's melting. It's depleting. It's drying. It's dying. And that these factors will combine to lead humanity toward a dystopian future unless urgent and immediate action is taken by environmental policymakers. Now, who are those, friends? Well, they are the self-appointed one-world government leaders of the U.N., and those who are they're confederating with include the Obama administration, formerly, the Biden administration, and all of the globalists at the World Economic Forum. They are all confederating together to tell you how they're going to save you. What isn't immediately clear is how famine can be averted by producing less food. Yet producing less food is precisely what these governments around the world are imposing on their farmers in the interest of so-called meeting climate goals or sustainable development. So here are a few examples. After forcibly changing the nation's agriculture to organic, 90% of Sri Lankans are now facing hunger after the agricultural system totally collapsed. Irish farmers say they will be forced to cull up to 1.3 million cows to meet climate targets. A government plan to cut agriculture emissions by 25% by 2030 will drive many farms into bankruptcy. What are they saying? They're saying that the cows fart. They emit emit methane gas, and so they must be removed because they are a threat to your survival. The Netherlands is the world's second biggest exporter of farm produce. Yet the Dutch government is sabotaging their own farmers. Proposals for tackling nitrogen emissions mean an estimated 11,000 farms will close in the Netherlands. And as if that's not enough, the report came out this weekend that the government of the Netherlands is collapsing. Are you beginning to see the trajectory here? As these kinds of things, decisions are being made, reflecting their ungodly viewpoints for salvation, they are setting the stage for such chaos in the various nations, countries of the world that they will cry and scream and holler for a one-world dictator, a one-world government. Save us when it's the very people that they want to save them that created it that orchestrated it, including orchestrating famine. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is slated to impose a 30% reduction in fertilizer emissions 
sparking intense backlash from farmers who argue the target will decrease crop output, increase prices, and cost farmers billions of dollars in lost revenue. So, you begin to get the picture. It's clear that any coming famines predicted by the U.N. are actually being orchestrated. Why else is food production being shut down so aggressively in the name of saving the earth? And by the way, it's not so much saving you, it's saving Mother Earth. With Father God being out of the picture, Mother Earth must be worshipped. And since you were created in the image of God and God is out of the picture, you are not really the primary focus of all of these agendas, friends. You're not the primary focus of climate change. You're not the primary focus of sustainable development. You're not the primary focus. Humankind is not the primary focus of these things. It's Mother Earth. The worship of Mother Earth. It's a new kind or a sophisticated kind of an old form of idolatry. Pantheism. This is what is happening in the name of salvation, in the name of saving the earth. But it's not a matter of saving you because they don't care about you. You are expendable. Mother Earth is not. Are you beginning to get the picture? I hope. I hope, friends. Because what you're hearing here on this program is the truth about what is developing in our world. The question is, what do you and I do with that truth? Some say, well, the big thing that we need to do is to grow victory gardens. I'm not opposed to a victory garden. I'm not imposed to you having a garden in your backyard or whatever property you have. But dear friend, if you put your trust there, you might as well just put your trust in gold and silver and whatever else as well. Because the government has its intent to take over what you think you're growing in your yard because it's for them. They are commanding that all your animals be microchipped. Why? Why would the government demand that you have your farm animals microchipped, even if you just have a few in your yard? It's about control. They want to control the food. They're not interested in you having enough food. It's not about you. It's about a much different agenda. Please hear me out. If you think that I'm coming against growing 
corn or broccoli or lettuce or whatever it is you like to grow. I'm not against that at all. It can be a good, fun endeavor. Takes hard work. Takes money, actually. Takes more money, actually, than going to the grocery store. But it is a good endeavor. It's a healthy endeavor. No problem. The problem is if we put our trust there. That's always the bottom line. And that's the bottom line of the New World Order. That's the bottom line of the United Nations. That's the bottom line of all of these groups, the so-called progressives, the globalists, all of which are not God-fearing people. Almost none of them are God-fearing people. And so they create their own counterfeit salvation program. That's globalism. Don't you create your own counterfeit salvation program. If you want to own some silver and gold, fine. But don't you dare come to the thought that somehow that's going to save you in the evil day. Wasn't it Richard Nixon that once outlawed silver and gold? Owning the precious metals? Took us right off the gold standard. A Republican president. Look. Things are going to take place. They're not going to be pretty. What we need to do, what our number one objective is, is to prepare ourselves spiritually. When the Apostle John said, whoever has this hope of the second coming in him will purify himself even as Christ is pure, he wasn't talking about any of these other kinds of things, and neither were any of the Apostles or Jesus himself. They were talking about having your heart cultivated right with God. Spiritual fertilizer, spiritual plants, strengthen the Lord, gird up the loins of your mind and your heart, my friends. Jesus is coming soon. Get a copy of the book, Antichrist, How Do I Identify the Coming Imposter? It will open your eyes, $22 on the website, saveus.org. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church, declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 